You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have a long-awaited part two conversation with the great Nate Barkalo from Finch. Nate came on the show years and years ago. It was a great conversation. I've been wanting to get him back on ever since. It's taken some time, but like I say, I'm glad it happened when it did because we had a lot to talk about. We talked a lot about anxiety. We talked a lot about uh, self-reflection, uh, identity, all sorts of things that are really interestingly intertwined in musicians and touring musicians, front men and women in bands. It's it's really funny. We talk about it in the episode, but how crazy it is that someone you know with so much anxiety, social anxiety, and things like that, you ask them what they do, and they're the front man or front person of a, of a band. <laughs> it's... It's hilarious. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, there's nothing funny about the anxiety piece, but just the fact that that's the career you find yourself in in that situation is is always interesting to me. And after doing, you know, 350 some episodes of this, I hear it a lot. Um, and something that is a is a common theme. People, you know, when you when you're on stage and you know what someone's thinking about you and then you're in the grocery store and you have no idea what people are thinking about, your mind starts racing on what they could be thinking. Such a such an interesting thing to to worry about, but you know it happens to a lot of us, and anxiety touches most people in some way. And I feel like it's a it's a survival instinct, but at the same time, uh, it can be really detrimental and, and harmful um, if you let it get out of control. As far as you know, shutting your life down and you know hiding away and 
and not experiencing life. But uh, life is short. Uh, speaking of that, let's get into this one. So let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments or or anything really. Uh, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Spotify, you can just give a rating. On uh, Apple Podcasts, you can do a little everything. You can give a review and a rating. Uh, we've got the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Uh, we also have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, where you get the old videos of the episodes, the past cast, and the ad-free feed. All right, guys. Without further ado, let's get into this one. My part two chat with Nate Barkalo from Finch. Shame! I got it. Sweet. <laughs> I had to swipe. <laughs> I'm so not used to this. I don't do this very often. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you doing this and I do it all the time and I still have a hard time figuring out what's going on, but yeah, I've it's had a special, this. special learning curve for zoom. I feel like yeah. even it's supposed to be really easy. <laughs> When's the last time you were on a zoom call? I mean, I had like a band meeting not too long ago with my band, but that was about it. Oh, okay. You guys do Zoom? Sometimes when we all can't be in the same city, we kind of just, because Grizzly's busy a lot with Slipknot, so mm -hmm. we kind of have to, if we want to talk to each other at the same time, we have to jump on a, a Zoom meeting. Okay. Is he still mm -hmm. doing like PA stuff or, was he doing like drum I, stuff? No, he was like a, a personal assistant for Sean. Oh, okay. For, for clown and then um i think he got promoted um i don't want to speak out of turn i think it's tour manager but i'm not sure nice <laughs> i don't know what the promotion was but it was kind of a, a bigger one i was gonna um, say 
I feel <laughs> I feel so bad if the promotion was to somebody else, like you were promoted from clown to someone bigger in the band, like how that would make you feel. <laughs> yeah, he, he was taking care of V-Man a lot, too. I, I still don't really know the ins and outs of his job. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I, I hear things, but also like it seems to move very fast. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to keep up and that's kind of his world. So, yeah. What a weird place to end up. Uh, yeah. yeah. I never would have thought that he would end up with Slipknot. Yeah. But it's awesome. That's a rad job. It is great. It is great. And then, uh, yeah, man. How? So how are you? Like, what? what's, uh, how's life, you know, being a dad and, and being home off the road for a while? Like, it's so, it's awesome you guys are back. But, like, it's got to be a weird kind of mind fuck going between that and and dad life again being a dad for so like like and being at home for so long and then out craziness again and then back yeah um and now she's like more aware of like my job mm -hmm. and what i do because she's been to shows now and stuff and so it's a little it's different now leaving and coming back and getting back into the job with her age and stuff but um I think it only helps now that she's older because mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like it, <laughs> it makes it a little easier in a weird way yeah. just because she can handle it a little better. But is she into um, it? Like, is she, she thinks it's cool <laughs> like, or does she, she not fan? care at all? Like is she kids. a Finch fan? No, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not that cool to her. I'm cool to her like as a dad, but like my profession doesn't impress her. Yeah. Like she brags about it to other people. But like, you know, I'm like, oh, you want to listen to Finch? She's all, no, thanks. I'm good. You know, <laughs> but that's, that's kids. Kids are like that. Yeah. It's hard to impress your children. That's she one of the thinks, hardest things to do. Yeah. Memes are cool to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. She likes memes and the internet. <laughs> 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 I'm not that cool. Even though I'm on the internet, if you search hard enough, but yeah, not good enough, I suppose. She likes memes in the internet. Finch hasn't generated <laughs> any true. memes she, yet. She's not really, she's not really on the internet that much. That's not true, but she does. She, she likes, she has a good sense of humor. She likes funny stuff. So memes always stick out to her. Yeah. They make her laugh. She likes to laugh. That's awesome, dude. I, I admit I'm pretty hooked on memes as well. I could doom scroll all morning. Uh, sometimes yeah. on a weekend, it's just, uh, takes over your life. There's some pretty good ones out there. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some wild shit out there. I don't, a lot of it I don't understand and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, dude. I'm just, just fine with that. Yeah. You're not big on social media either. So like you, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I get these wild hairs and I'm like, I should be more active and I try mm -hmm. and I just lose interest so fast. So then my, like my Instagram will be just become like a billboard of like flyers <laughs> and like, <laughs> Hey, check this out. <laughs> yeah. You know, then it's just kind of advertisement at that point. And I'm like, well, that's boring. Well, you seem like you I'm... haven't been on there. Like you've been on a little bit, but like kind of since social media has been around, you've kind of been in the sidelines of that. I feel. Yeah, I think my deal way back in the day was I I didn't have a computer or a good computer. That was always my excuse. I was like, computer stupid. 
but then I, when I actually got into it, I was, I still didn't, it was, it's a little too much for me. It's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so then I just narrowed it down to like Instagram. I could handle that. I was like, Oh, it's just pictures. But then it's Instagram has become so much more than that. Now it's just like a barrage of bullshit. That's just does not interest me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's very little things that interest me on there anymore. And it's just, it's basically just to get information about the, you know, four people that I follow that I actually might care about. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I'm just like, yeah, I could do without it. But it, it's hard because being, I know, I understand being in the profession I'm in and like the position that we're in, that it it's good for us. Like it's good to get to talk about yourself you know, if you're in a band or like if you're doing something cool, people want to know about it. But then I just, yeah, I don't know. It feels like braggadocio to me. And then I just, then I, that's just not who I am. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard for me. I, I, it's hard to navigate social media for me. I'm not one of those people that can just selfie it up all day long and film myself. Hey guys, what's up guys? Like, I don't, I can't do that. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Understood. I, that's one thing I struggle with too, man. I, I can't like, it's good for the show to have a presence, but I could literally do without any of it. I don't ever post anything personal really at all, unless it's something really yeah. hilarious. Like I had a, an action figure of a uh, uh, buddy of mine made an action figure of me. And, and I, so I posted that cause it was hilarious. And, but other than that, like that kind of stuff, like that's it. And I feel like this like weird urge to not be done with it. Like, like if I get off of social media entirely, this is such a cliche topic, but like if I get off social media entirely, something's going to go wrong. Like I'm going to lose everything, but I think it's the exact opposite. It's just this weird, like ingrained anxiety about it. Like I have to keep it at some level to maintain what's happening but i really don't think you have to and i i really admire you for that having the courage to just say hey fuck this thing like i i don't need this at all um but it is i mean i yeah it is it's a great tool and it's it's probably the best tool we have as a society i just feel like it's being wildly mishandled Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the fear of like you're saying kind of the fear of disconnecting is is a big issue for a lot of people where it's like I just won't post as much and then you don't post at all, but like you, like we won't delete it completely because we have that fear of like, well, then if we disconnect, like we're never going to know what else is going on or people won't know what's going on with me and that could be bad. But I don't know. I think it's just, it's, it's gone so far that I think, I think everyone's just afraid to disconnect. And I mean, me included, I haven't fully disconnected yet. I, I don't have that courage, but I trying to build up to it because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need it. I hate being on my phone. I hate looking at my phone. I hate my phone reminding me, this is how many hours you spent on your phone. Wouldn't you like to come back and stare at it some more? Like, no, not really. Thanks for showing me that. Like Google's always like showing me like, check out these pictures you took five, six years ago. It's like, I don't want to live in the past, man. Like I'll look at the pictures when I'm ready. Like don't shove them in my face. I'll check them out when I'm ready, but it's just a constant, like, it's like, they're trying to like, (laughs) 
they want you to hold this thing in your hand all the time. And I'm trying to fight it. I feel like a lot of people are trying to fight it, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. It's easier to give in and, and keep rolling with it. It's, uh, yeah. I, what do you, what do you do then? Like, let me ask you this. Like, what do you do then with your day? Like if you're, so say you're, say, say your daughter's at school or whatever, and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got the day to do your thing. What's occupying your time. And this is so weird to have to ask this because I'm, I have my phone all the time. I don't necessarily like it, but I am addicted to it for sure. Like, what do you do to pass the time and, and throughout your day if you're not doing what everybody else is doing, I guess, is the question. I'm not saying – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not on my phone. I'm just not on socials. I might be like, you know, going on – like I'll be like on eBay just like window shopping, you know, like looking at stuff and being like, oh, that would be cool to buy, but I'm not going to do that. And, you know, just on other random stuff or stuff like that. But when I'm not on it, it's <laughs> – and this sounds really boring, but during like when when everyone's here at home, my mind is on them, right? It, they're, it's on that situation. Everything here, like putting out fires with my kid or like just whatever's going on. So when nothing's going on here, I really a lot of my time is just occupying, like taking back my own brain space. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like. I'm almost content, like taking an hour or two to just sit here and like stare (laughs) and it sounds boring, but it's like, it's like my mind has to like regroup and start breathing again. And then I'll get like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to pick up a guitar. I'm feeling creative. I'll do this now. I'm like, okay, I'll move on to this. I, it's like, I have time to like process my thoughts. And so like, there's a lot of, a lot of that going on where I'm just like kind of sitting here processing my thoughts and being like, okay, now there's these things in the back of my mind that I can pull to the front and I can think about these right now because there's no distractions. Right. So that's kind of like, I mean, it sounds like I'm sitting around here doing nothing when I say that. And it sounds really embarrassing, but I mean, sometimes man, you just need to like, you need to like reconnect with yourself Mm -hmm. and, it's 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 been a lot of that because there's there's just a lot going on in my brain anyway got a lot of like um i have like (laughs) i don't know i have like um a lot of anxiety and um mental stress within me nothing specific from anything that goes on during the day or like it's not my family it's no one specifically it's just it's just me, mm-hmm. just what I am. So I have a lot of social anxiety. So when there aren't people around and I don't hear that hum of everyday life and talking and things going on when it's just silent, I feel like my mind is a lot more active than when I'm actually being physically active. So I kind of, I, I mainly just sit with that and like listen to what my mind is telling me. And then I kind of focus on those things. And a lot of the time that's when creativity creeps in and I'm like, okay, now I'm, now I need to do something like now I want to feel, I feel like I need to do something. So I usually start with music, guitar, anything, Mm -hmm. electronic music on the computer, whatever I can do. And then, you know, I'll just move on from that. And there's like a project, like my kid needs done. 
like this. She's like, Oh, can you fix this? Or can we make this or do that? Like, Oh, maybe work on that mm-hmm. just to stay creative and stay busy. Um, I mean, that all sounds so minimal. I know people like, you know, they go to work and they have these jobs and people are doing all these important things. And I'm sitting here like, I, I listen to my mind, but I don't know. That's honestly what happens. I love that, dude. I, I'm inspired by that because yet like you've real quick though, like when you, when you're, you're listening to your mind, your, your anxiety has kind of quelled itself a little bit to where you can be with your thoughts. And then you feel the urge to create, is that urge to create still anxiety, like driving you to produce or do you think the anxiety is gone and it allows you to, you know what I mean? Is, is that creativity coming from the same anxiety do you feel, or is it coming from a no, different place? That, I, I feel like, I feel like the anxiety keeps me from thinking hmm. like it, not I, that came out wrong. I, I feel like the anxiety keeps me from, from, <laughs> I keep talking about listening to my mind. I sound insane. It keeps me from listening to like the things that need to be thought about and that I need to to work on. I feel like anxiety keeps the wheels running of like all the things that that do drive me nuts and create the anxiety. Like it's it's kind of like a round robin of like of worry. And so when I'm alone, I can kind of it's like I can kind of shut that off because I know that no one's around like no one's. Sounds weird. No one's judging me for anything I'm doing. No one's going to tell me like, dude, you're just sitting there. Like you need to get up and do something. I can actually just do that for a minute and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to choose what I want to do instead of constantly doing these things that maybe I'm doing to take care of everyone else except for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that's what I do every day and that I don't like it. Cause I love taking care of my family. I love it. But you know, I, I do I don't know. I feel like a lot of the times I don't take time for myself a lot. And that creates that anxiety, I think. But that kind of dwindles when I'm by myself. And I feel like I get to do what I want, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that kind of releases that pressure. I don't know. Does that sound weird or selfish? Not at all. None <laughs> of this sounds weird or selfish. That's what's funny is it's it's kind of inspiring because you have such a different outlook on things than I do, which I find fascinating in itself, you know, talking to someone who's different uh, than yourself, but also uh, like the insight you have into it and why why you do it and what where it comes from, you know, like you seem to have a very good grasp of of, you know, where you're at and what you're what you're getting from it. You know, your priorities are straight because you you know, you're taking care of your family and you love having your family around. But when the, when the noise stops, you know, a lot of times that's, you know, after eight o'clock or whatever, when the kids are in bed, when you can actually kind of start to like, kind of come to at the end of the day, like what the fuck just happened? Like, you know, um, but then with working, like, I think people, myself included work to distract themselves from everything else Mm -hmm. or to feel important, feel like you have a purpose in life of, you know, driving to work every day and putting buildings up or, you know, doing heart surgeries or, you know, whatever it is you're doing is also a little bit of an escape from what matters and to feel important, to feel a part of the the cycle, a part of the society. Like, oh, I have a job and I'm going to work today. 
that makes it means I have purpose. Not necessarily the case. Um, it's kind of a just a vicious cycle of things. And to be out of that to where you can create and and find these these moments of of peace throughout the day to create is a huge gift, you know? There's nothing weird about it. Like it's it's awesome that you're in that position. And it's so funny because I have so many of these conversations and you know, with anxiety and and you know, social anxiety and then hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm the front man of a band. <laughs> right. You know? It's yeah. so weird. It's crazy, right? I mean, it's like uh, yeah, I we I do what I do and then like we have meet and greets and like mm-hmm. From what I'm saying, I should be like freaking out about all this stuff and I should be not be able to do it. I should freeze up and I just don't. I have it's more like. I don't it's so hard to explain. It's like those that that's my comfort, like I that that stuff is I live for that stuff, like to be on stage. But it's like anything else, just like going to the store or like Mm -hmm. going out to restaurants. Sometimes it's just like. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel I'm not getting that joy of like, I'm in front of all these people and I'm we're all in it together and they're singing back and all this stuff, like mm-hmm. the stuff that makes it good. That's not all there. Those those people have jobs and they're working and they're looking at me like, what do you do all day? And I'm just like nothing. And then there's just like, you know, then I feel useless. And then <laughs> and that but that's all in my head. So it's yeah. like, you know, I get to kind of ignore that when I'm by myself because that stuff doesn't affect me when I'm hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not looking at myself like that. I feel like everybody else is. So when I'm around other people, I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm with myself, I'm just, I know myself and I know how to handle myself. And I don't know. <laughs> do you wonder what it people are really thinking weird. when you're on stage? I do. Do you like, like I, the I 10 people sometimes. you can see when the lights are on? Uh in the front row, you think what they're, you, you wonder what they're thinking as you're going through what you're doing. Maybe, but I know that they wouldn't be there if they didn't like our band and they didn't want to hear what I had to say. So that in itself makes it a completely different situation where like, you know, being around strangers on the street or whatever, like you, you don't know them. So you, you just assume, especially because of the way social media has has created people to to just troll other people and automatically think they're the most rotten opinion and if they could they could just type it straight to your face Mm. but they have you know so you see these people and that i it seems (laughs) i feel like those people are probably thinking all those things those terrible things i know that they're not but it, to me, that that's where my social anxiety comes from. It's just like I have no idea what they're thinking, but I know that they're capable of thinking terrible things, right? Mm-hmm. Because people say that shit all the time to to each other. As human beings, we we just trash each other online, right? Because mm-hmm. who cares? You're never going to see that person. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel it's damaging social media that has created that because then, you know, there's people that suffer because they they know that their society is capable of thinking these terrible things and what would stop them from seeing you and thinking them right there in person mm-hmm. you know so i mean i guess that's always been a thing but i feel like it's just so much more <laughs> it's gotten so ugly that 
it's just, it's kind of like hard not to think about, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I feel bad for our kids because yes, when we were in school, you go to school and you get picked on and you see the guy in front of your face or gal in front of your face, like, Hey, you're a piece of shit. Okay. You know, like if you're getting picked on or, or I'm going to kick your ass after school or, you know, you have this stupid name, so we're going to make fun of you. Uh, and you take it and everyone sees it and it's embarrassing and awful. And sometimes you get in a fight, sometimes you don't, but then you go home and no one can touch you at that point. But our kids can then be, be hit with social media messages, uh, text messages, like mm -hmm. cyber bullying on top of the actual bullying that have, like you, you get home as a kid, like when we were kids, you get home and you're home. Like you can call someone on the phone. But there was no text messages, no emails. You just, you are what you are. Like you, you're at home and yeah. it's your safe space and you can regroup yeah. and like, and, and prepare for the next day or worry yourself sick about the next day, but nothing is still hitting you. But our kids will be getting hit with it every angle all day long. Um, yeah. It's nuts. It's amplified. Yeah. But what you said about like, you know, going to the grocery store and like seeing people and wondering what they're thinking, you know takes so much effort like in yeah. your in your brain space which makes me yeah. understand more what you're saying of being able to actually listen to your brain when you you're home by yourself you know not having to you know i hope the tv's not talking shit about me in their brain you know like uh or you know what i mean this this guitar isn't gonna isn't gonna think i'm a loser or whatever like uh, yeah it's all fabricated and it's all like a reflection almost i feel sometimes on how we look at ourselves though too like that creeps in you know like when you 100 yeah it's weird it's a it's a whole fucking knot of yeah anxiety is terrible it really is and but it keeps us alive too like it it keeps us moving or or getting out of a situation too where it can be protective like a survival tactic i think that's mainly what it is but we just yeah. have now internalized it into so many other things. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't remember having anxiety like you're talking about when I was a kid. Like I'd be nervous before the dentist or getting a shot or uh, sometimes going to school. But I don't remember really being like a when I was a little kid, I had horrible anxiety, like as a child, like make myself yeah. sick anxiety over yeah. anything. I, this painting's going to fall on me when I sleep. <laughs> things like that and i had to see a th psychiatrist and all this stuff and then i just kind of got rid of it in like teen years i didn't really have that but then it crept back in in my 20s yeah it's weird i feel like i have those types of things now and i feel ridiculous about it like mm -hmm. things like that like well i can't hang that there that might fall on you know fall down and hit a like yeah. you said painting might fall down and hit in the head or something like i feel like i think like that now and i have to stop myself and be like man how old are you like <laughs> really just like let it go if it happens it'll happen and then you can be like well i knew that was going to happen but like you're i'm seriously going to worry about it for the next two weeks like mm -hmm. that's useless like you're taking up brain space like you said so i mean yeah it takes a little training and I've, I've been trying to i've i got i got it under control for a while for a while and i was like pretty good but i, I feel like the last i don't know year it's just been kind of like poking back in to where like I had to um, I have to like like people would invite us over or something and like 
we'd get up to like the day and like that day it'd be like, dude, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't be around people today. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know what it is. I feel like super uncomfortable. I'm going to jump out of my skin. Like I can't do this today. And you know, that's happened a couple of times in the last couple of months, but mm-hmm. it's not that common. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it's just, I feel like the world is just spinning faster and faster every year, you know, and I'm moving in slow motion and that like, it makes me feel like there's a lot that I need to catch up on, but I'm getting older and things are just moving so fast. And so I think that's where a lot of anxiety comes from too, where I'm just like, I'm, I'm falling behind, but I'm already, I'm already like, you know, I'm 42. So it's like, I don't know. I start freaking out about shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like starting to feel like midlife stuff you're talking about. Like, no, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer, like I'm, I worry about like my profession, mm-hmm. you know, like how much longer, like, my throat's going to hold up like how much longer, like uh, my body's going to be able to go on tour. I worry about, you know, like that kind of stuff. And it's, I want to keep moving and get on top of it. And, but my life doesn't seem to move as fast as like the rest of the world. It feels like, so that creates a lot of anxiety, but I'm dealing with that and I'm learning how to like, not let it bother me mm-hmm. and just kind of go with the flow. And my wife helps me with that a lot. She's, she sees things totally different than I do. She's constantly telling me to stop worrying about those things. But, um, you know, we have a kid too. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you want to just make it perfect and you want to be around as long as you can and show her like (laughs) the good things. And not that, uh, you know, I don't want to teach her that uh, adults just, sit around stressing out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and drinking beer. Like, <laughs> so you want to set a better example. So there's a lot to worry about. Yeah. But I shouldn't, you know, so I, I'm trying to deal with that. Well, that's something I struggle with too is, you know, showing my kids like, you know, dad's not, not like, Oh, dad's not afraid of anything. But like, if I'm sitting there, like, you know, the dentist, for example, like, I hate going to the, it terrifies me to this day ever since I was a kid. But if I'm sitting there stewing on it and then my kids aren't going to want to go, like they're going to be afraid of it. And you have to like kind of push that down and kind of be, have a front for them a little bit, but also be honest with them. It's okay to be scared of things. And that's, I mean, that's a natural thing, but you don't want to be terrified of the world, you know, Yeah. Uh, at first, unless the world does it to them, you know, like you want them to go out there and at least try. Um, it's such a weird place to be as a father, like trying to not project your bullshit onto your kids, but you always will somehow yeah. you're just around, but yeah, uh, dude, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But like what, what minor threat out of step, out of step with the world, like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. You know, that's where, that's where people change things. The people that don't necessarily go at the speed of light, you know, you've had right. an, an amazing, uh, contribution to the world what you do and you're in the cool thing too you say you, how your voice is going to hold up or your, or your throat's going to hold up you were doing this stuff before and not to put 
shade on this stuff either but like there's now all this like vocal um techniques and classes and all these yeah. bands sound very similar because they're all using the same technique yeah. and like this is my voice before a show this is my voice after a show that's badass <laughs> but the way you were doing it and still probably doing it is like balls to the wall real deal shit and that's what struck me at first when i first heard you guys I was like jesus this is incredible and like going back to the first time we talked when the first time that i worked up the courage to say something to you at a show i felt like a complete asshole and i, I know i said this the last time but i was just like <laughs> hey man and you're kind of like you're kind of like ducking through the crowd like kind of trying to lay low and i'm huge and i was like hey man how do you scream like that and you're like i'll just do it I'm like fuck yeah man right on. <laughs> He just does it. And I went home that night and like, man, Nate said he just does it. And it was this whole thing because we were, you know, huge Finch fans. So like, it was like, really? He just does it? Yeah, I guess he just does it, man. And then, uh, <laughs> anyway, but like. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for, 
I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze, and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. As far as I know, you didn't have any of that. The classes and like the, the different styles of of screaming and and how to do it the right way or you know live one way studio the other way but it's just been yeah no i i sing in like school school plays in like middle school that was it like you know what i mean yeah i i didn't really have any formal training and now there's like these i see this stuff sometimes where like i don't even know what it's called they scream like this certain way it's like it's it's almost like their head voice and they're screaming like a cat or something the like fry screaming. <laughs> yeah dry screaming thank you and i'm just like really uh-huh. like that's 
That's a real thing that people are putting on record and selling. Huh? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like it seems like a shortcut to me, you know, to, yeah. to make the same. Cause if you, you do that into a really nice microphone that has really good compression and it's going through all this equipment to make it sound good, you could whisper scream technically, and it would sound awesome if you put distortion on it, mm-hmm. but you're not really doing much, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to sit here and bash that technique. Cause sure. I'm sure a lot of people use it and they're happy with it. And a lot of people like listening to it. But for me, like you're saying, for me, that had just stepped out there and just started doing it because I was just like, I'm going to try this. And then I did it. I was like, okay, that works with no formal training. And I don't know. It just seems like kind of like, I wish I had a shortcut (laughs) back in the day. I don't know if I would have used it, but you know, it's just like, I, I don't know. seems kind of like a cheap thrill. Well, you had a, you had a gift. Like you still do. I had you, you have a gift. Even Matt has a gift too. Like you, your brother, like you guys both oh, yeah. great voices, but like the coolest thing about what you were doing was like before we'd ever seen you guys, I mean, you sounded like you were seven feet tall, like the way <laughs> the and not screaming, but like singing voice was so <laughs> much from the diaphragm and so big. It was like, almost like, like I picture like Howard Jones from kill switch, like that mm-hmm. not operatic, but like, there was so much beef behind it. I was like, this dude must be huge. And I was like, no, he's not huge. Like, this is crazy. Like the sounds that are coming out of, and uh, that always struck me. But like the cool thing with that stuff though, like, like Spencer from under oath, like same way was, you know, singing his way and then screaming his way. And then like learned from that class, like the right way to do it to where he could tour for three months straight and Mm -hmm. still pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. instead of blowing his voice out and like my, like Melissa Cross, who teaches that she follows the podcast. She probably listened to this, but like, uh, I just find it interesting how there is a technique to do that in a way that you could do it all night long and have nothing. But then also guys like you can go out there and just punish it night after night, you know, and it's, and it's yeah. not using that. So I guess it's teach their own. Um, yeah. I, I, it sounds strange to that. There is a technique to where you can do that. Like you said, where you can, you can learn a way to use it to where it doesn't go out or whatever. But, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of about listening to your body. Mm-hmm. You know how to do it. You know how hard not to push, you know, you kind of like, after a while, you just, you have, you just got to listen to your body and mm-hmm. you know that like, okay, I'm pushing too hard. I have this many shows left till a, a day off or something. Like I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to pull back a little bit. I'm going to, unless you're, sometimes I'll be having like a lot of fun and I know I'm pushing it and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll pay for it the next day. But I think it's just about listening to your body and knowing your limits. Yeah. And if you know how to do it, don't ignore that. Just do it properly. You know, a lot of people I think will use every single part of their voice just so they can make this certain noise. But it's like, if you're not able to do it, you can't do it. I mean, unless you practice and mm-hmm. teach yourself a certain way to do things, but yeah, yeah, I think it's about listening to your body. I I've always that. been able to listen to my body. Even when I get sick and stuff, I just, 
I know that I, I just listen to my, your body tells you like, this isn't good. You need to take a rest or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you got to listen to that. You can, if you push it, you're just, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Ironically, it sounds like listening to your body does better than listening to your mind because your mind's <laughs> going to trick you, which is so funny because it controls exactly. your body. <laughs> I know it, it can outsmart. You can outsmart your own brain somehow. I don't know how that even works. Yeah, dude, that's that's hilarious. um well so i want to talk a little bit about you what you guys are doing now because i was hanging out with randy r2k uh up here in portland Mm -hmm. we actually went it was right when so deftones first show back after covid he's randomly in town i was like dude you want to go see deftones tonight at the at the moda center and uh he's like seriously yeah yeah and chino got like a suite for us like for all the friends and family because they couldn't do backstage because of um uh, insurance purposes or whatever with live nation whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is and uh so like oh so we got like a suite let's go and and so that's the first time we ever met in person we'd always we've been talking over phone and text and stuff and we're sitting yeah. there in these really nice seats like getting ready to watch deftones you start telling me about uh when we were young like things were coming back like we we're gonna we we're gonna be back it's like, are you kidding yeah. me? That's badass. And uh, that's how he broke the news to me. And then Deftones come on immediately and we're all, you know, full on to that. Um, <laughs> but like what? And I don't know if you guys have talked about this before. I've not seen it. But like what spawned that coming back together and then doing this tour? And and like what what brought you guys back together when you were so far apart? Um, seemingly so far apart. I don't know the story, but. I mean, before the right before COVID, me and I don't know if he told you this or I don't even know if I told you this. Um, bef- right before COVID, me, uh, Randy and Grizz had got together and we wrote a bunch of new material, mm-hmm. right? And <laughs> it's it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and like we've been sitting on it for a long time now, but and anyway. So, so we had, we were, we were working on that and we were kind of like going at that COVID hit. We, we stopped, but we didn't, we wanted to keep going and we wanted to keep in touch. And we wanted, we were talking about like moving things forward and picking it up again and, you know, doing the whole thing for real. And so, uh, when we were young, got thrown at us and we were like, well, it's a pretty good opportunity. So that got booked first. We were like, it's a pretty good opportunity. It's, <laughs> It's like, I don't know how that guy did it, but he was just throwing all the bands like stupid money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stupid money to play this thing. So we're just like, you know what? Maybe that'll help us get get to where we need to be, you know, the next year after that. And we can like that'll get the engine going, you know, so we booked that way in advance. And then so to lead up to that, we're like, well, let's book some other shows. And we didn't even have a bass player at the time. And like. So we had all this work to do leading up to that. So we had to like figure out all our ins and outs. And then we just started booking shows up to that point to make it to when we were young. And then that's kind of how it worked out. It was kind of like a natural progression of like, okay, you guys have this show. So now you kind of need to get your shit together and Mm -hmm. figure out how to get there. And then we're like, well, you know, why not do a couple things before that too and juice people up? and make it all make sense and so it was just kind of like a natural progression of things and i think a lot we there's enough time apart that we were just like you know what 
we're too old for this shit to, mm-hmm. to argue and like not get along. And we have this great thing that we created and it would be really ridiculous to just let it go mm-hmm. and to let it not be what it could be. And even to, to not have new life in it, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it deserves to not only be resurrected, but to have some new life injected into it so that it can keep going. Mm-hmm. So we kind of all agreed on that. And we're still very um, busy outside of that. Like everybody's got their own thing going on. So it's kind of, it is still hard to like get together and like jam sometimes or like get ideas going, but um, we're getting there. We're working on some stuff and we've got, you know, we've got that tour coming up. So yeah, I'm um, so glad you're going to Portland. We've got, a, <laughs> we've got a lot of work, a lot of work to do. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking ecstatic, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just glad that we could, we could do it again. And all those reunion shows are not reunion, but the, you know, the 20 year stuff mm-hmm. was just, those crowds were like, it was, it was unbelievable. Like, the love, you know, mm-hmm. and so just doing that, if we were to stop after that, it would just be stupid because it was just, it was such a high for everybody in the room, not just us. Like everybody afterwards was like, that was the greatest show ever. Like never seen anything like that. And so, and we felt the same way. We felt like that playing. So, um, yeah, I just, I think it makes sense right now. You know, I think, I think, I think Finch deserves to to come back and and do something great. So that's kind of what we're that's what we're looking to do. Just do something fantastic that's I don't know that I know we can do. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I know we can do it. So. Oh, yeah, you guys are absolutely capable of that. You guys have already done done great things and and made some incredible records and like that's what's so cool about it is that you can you can take that much time in between and then come back and, and be so re-energized and watch I loved watching the clips, like speaking of social media, you guys put, there were so many clips going up from these shows and people were posting them. And I was just like, this is so rad. Like it's like, I don't want to say just like it was, but there's not like, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible how you guys have aged because you don't look much older. <laughs> so it's like watching watching this like the same guys but like it's like time hasn't passed but the sound is so much better like you guys have honed in on everything like it sounds so good and watching those clips was just awesome and i was like when i saw the dates go up for for the this next tour and that you guys are coming to portland i'm stoked i texted ivy i was like oh my god yes this is awesome <laughs> and uh because like i have not seen you guys live since that show where i asked you how you scream like it was that was literally i think that first ep was out maybe oh wow that's it like it was literally like i fucking can't remember what band that was with was that with the starting line and brand new yeah it was if it was the ep then yeah it was something like that yeah okay Cause that's like the last, cause then we started touring after that and we never crossed paths and it was just never ended up happening again. So it's going to be rad to see you guys this many years later. I think it was, it was brand new and the starting line, right? 
I, I think, think so. I have a poster. I have a poster for one of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah, shout out to Kenny. I love Kenny of Starline. He's become a good buddy too. Like it's so strange to go from being the guy in the crowd uh to the guy not in the crowd. Um yeah. you know, but it's so crazy. Like the so this like I guess my other my other thought is how it had to feel great getting back on stage again and everything but then how was it after that like when when i mean there was years there that went where you weren't necessarily nate from finch anymore yeah and then you became nate from finch again like yeah. the, how did you did you have to wrestle with that at all as, as far as getting back into that and it's not a character but like being that person and having that a part of your life like that again was it kind of like a i know i get this way I, i'm going all over the place here but like when something really good happens, I get more depressed. It's weird. It's like a counterintuitive yeah. thing. Like when things are going great, I tend to get really down. Uh, mm. When it's when it's kind of coming down, like so the great thing will happen, and I'll go home and just be in like a dark hole, and then come out of it. Like this, it's like this, like elastic kind of um, yeah. effect. Do you have anything like, like that? Where like, you know, you're sitting in the hotel afterwards and just kind of like fuck, like okay, now I'm here. Like, and you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like it, everything's going, like everyone's screaming the words, like you're back in action and then you're not, you're, you're by yourself possibly like, you know, sitting there listening to your thoughts. Do you yeah. fall into that same kind of, kind of uh, yin yang kind of thing? I mean, I, I notice it. It doesn't, I don't think it, it trips me out, but it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a weird juxtaposition, you know? Because I feel like fans have a certain perception of what you are and who you are. They see you in this certain way, mm -hmm. but you know that you're not. Well, some people are. Some people are that person on stage. They, you know, they do the quote unquote rock star thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the normal ones like us that just kind of like at the end of the day, you're you are sitting there with you chocolate, you know, eating chocolate on your chest and watching the office, <laughs> you know, on TV for the thousandth time. You've already uh -huh. seen this episode, you know, like uh -huh. then you sit and you look at yourself and you're like, wow, I was just on stage a couple hours ago in front of a bunch of people. If they could only see me now, you know, yeah. but it doesn't bother me. It's just, it's a trip. I, I laugh about it. I think it's kind of funny, but when it was like we were in Finch and then Finch stopped and then I was just, just me like at home or like doing other things. And I knew that I, there wasn't Finch anymore. That was when it was kind of like, well, shit, I am just kind of an average guy, aren't I? I'm just like, I'm just a dude, like this is me. So then I kind of got in my head about that, but uh, not too hard, but I, it, not to say that it's my identity, but it's, I tell people this, I, I don't really know how to do anything else. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to, have that much fun with anything else you know that is like that's my that's my shit <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's what i like to do the most that's what i'm best at so it's like when that gets i won't say taken away we we fucked it up like when that went away i was kind of like man you know you don't really realize what you got till it's gone kind of thing yeah so those were the more the more kind of like depressing times rather than like being on stage and then just going home at the end of the night because mm -hmm. 
now it's you know i know that there there's going to be more shows and that's still there so mm-hmm. but yeah to go back on your <laughs> the thing that it is a silly juxtaposition of how people may see you and then how you really are yeah. and like i said if, <laughs> if they could like have a you know, be a fly on the wall right now. Like they would be probably be like, this guy sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is disgusting. Like, you know, he's got the but, shirt plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Doritos all over his chest. This is disgusting. Doritos and chicken wings. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh my God. I love that. These chocolate on the shirt, watching the office <laughs> for the thousandth time. Yeah. Oh, those comfort shows, man. I, yeah i'm big on that like i'll just yeah if i want to turn something off like in my brain i'll just put on seinfeld or the office or or yeah um, something and like ivy's that. always giving me shit she's like in the world of streaming you have so many options to watch anything you absolutely want to and you choose this you've mm-hmm. seen it a thousand times i'm like yeah it makes it's comfortable for me <laughs> like, yeah. it makes me happy it's you, you have to like uh like the pre-quoting and the the it's like comfort food yeah, like, this is my go-to, but it's not, you know, a, a lasagna. It's an episode of The Office. Like it's not as bad, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right, maybe. <laughs> oh my god! And like, there's nothing wrong with being a no- normal dude too. Like that's the thing. Like I don't think people understand. Like, and to not be, you know, this from this. You know, when something is tied to your identity like that, it can be so weird. Um, but it's also weird because going back to what we were talking about earlier when you're going like to the grocery store and you're wondering what people are thinking about you and like all the stuff you kind of know what people are thinking somewhat about you when you're on stage so i can see that being comfortable too like you know like you're experiencing this together you know and how many how many people have used a song you wrote about somebody else to maybe use in their relationship or to to um you know is their song or things like that, you know, like it's, it, they take, you know, the lyrics and, and make them their own, you know, apply them to their own life. It's just such a strange thing. Even yeah. Being a musician, like you, you know, maybe you wrote that while you had Doritos on your shirt and like, you know, you just felt creative. Right. And then it's like, someone's like song, like it's their deal. <laughs> it's so crazy right. how yeah. they can take it and make it that it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. And I would never, I would never want to minimize that for anybody like, but yeah, there, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's people that put probably more, more thought and more heart into absorbing that song than it took me to write it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is, that's great. I love that. But, um, I feel like, yeah, um, playing and, and, having people at the shows is kind of, it's a safe place in a way. Cause like I said, you know, that they want to be there. So they're, I'm sure they're not thinking anything bad unless you're completely hammered. You're screwing all the songs up. You're, you're playing awful. Like you're not giving them the show that they paid for, you know what I mean? Stuff yeah. like that. Then they probably have an excuse to, to think something bad, but it's kind of a safe space. Cause you, you kind of know what they're thinking. And that's not, you know, I'm not saying that I'm walking around every day and I, I'm wondering what every person's thinking about me and like my character. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just a, it's a personal bubble thing. That's like, mm-hmm. I just feel uncomfortable a lot around people sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like, oh, they're looking at me and then what they must think of me. Like, 
I just, I guess like, it's like you're saying it's, it's my own perception of myself and I guess I'm projecting it on other people and thinking that they're thinking that too. Yeah. Like when I go out and I'm like, I feel like I look like shit. Like my hair's all fucked up. Like I, I, I'm just like, I don't feel like a person today, but I'm out in public and I feel like people will notice that too, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure they don't. (laughs) Yeah. It's like sonar. Right. It bounces off of them and comes right back at you and, and. Yeah. It's so (laughs) crazy. It's hilarious. (laughs) Talking earlier about the, like, you know, people with anxiety, you know, what do you do? I'm the front man of a band. Oh, I'm the front man of a band and I live in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 What do you have to be anxious about? (laughs) You've got it made, man. (laughs) It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere, man. It's, uh, yeah. Anywhere you go, it's going to be just a barrage of people, traffic, sounds, uh, yeah. all of it. But it's this world too. I feel like the world's getting angrier, you know, and that anger is kind of like, it's enveloping a lot of things that happen day to day. And it just kind of, you can feel it in the air some days. And I think that creates a lot of pressure on people that have social anxiety or, mm-hmm. you know, mental health issues and stuff. I, I, I it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> that much hate in the world is in the, the fucking circus world that's going on out there. Is, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So it's terrifying. Uh, it's yeah. terrifying to someone who has it all together. It's terrifying to, I mean, anywhere you go, it's, it's, it's a different world, man. And I think you spent like, and I feel like you can only give so much of yourself to the world and to, you know, some people don't give anything. Some people give it all, uh, you know, but in, in your profession, like even from such an early age, you spend a lot of years giving things to the world, like giving yourself to people on a platter. Like here it is every mm-hmm. night, every night, every night, giving yourself out that I think it can leave a deficit a little bit in, in yourself yeah. and, and to where you fall into that kind of that social anxiety, mm-hmm. because you've, there's not an, there's not enough gas to fill the tank anymore all the way yeah. to back to 100%. Yeah. But you've given that and that energy has then transposed into others and you know probably saved some people's lives. Uh you know it's a big impact. But you may never get all that back again, which is a yeah. a gamble, but I think maybe that's where some of it might come from too. It's just not having enough to fully recharge to 100%. Kind of like with a cell phone, how the battery starts to like just get less and less, even though yeah. you're charging it all the way. I feel, you know, of course we have a biological clock, or you know, and things are aging, but giving so much of that and growing up in front of an audience is a strange place to be, you know? Yeah, it's weird. I got to, you know, I got to the Roger Waters point where I was just like... I hated the fans. I wanted to sing with my back to them. Like I didn't care anymore. I just wanted to build the wall, build the bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, I got there. Like I got to that point back in the day and I had to like break out of it. Cause I was just like, man, you can't be like that. Like, yeah. You gotta be grateful for what you got. You cannot piss this away. And like, you know, we ended up pissing a lot of it away, but we got it back and we're, we're, where we're at now. And I'm happy with that. But you were yeah, on a really it, bad it, tour though, weren't you? On that one, like yeah. where you guys were just getting booed and shit, like it was the, just the, awful. Him, the him tour, yeah, him that tour. was terrible. Yeah, and that got yeah, that got to the point where it was just it was just so bad that you just want to shut off, like mm-hmm. shut everything down. 
just shut your whole to turn your emotions off like you're just a robot. Yeah. But I just I don't ever I I won't, but I, I don't ever want to get to that point again, you know, because yeah. it's like when you're giving that much and you're just it you're you have nothing left to give mm-hmm. and you're still just like you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything. It's just it's tragic. <laughs> it sucks. It's gotta be one of the most lonely places ever, but I mean yeah, you know, like, it's it's scary too. It's really scary because you don't you end up not really realizing like you might be capable of doing horrible things. You know, like your mind can go to horrible places because you you're just not yourself, and it gets dark, man. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's really dark. dark. I can't. I can't. I mean, I've had that happen in my own life, but I can't imagine on your end like being in that place on stage. You know, like where it's just like, this is what I love, but I hate these people. Like mm-hmm. you don't legitimately hate them, but like in your head, yeah. I hate them. I hate this. I have to go out there and do this. Like turn your back and just fucking go through the motions. It just sounds fucking miserable. And then yeah, where's the, where's the reward and the, you know, like that's like, you're lost. What am I doing? What am I doing here? And yeah i i just i feel for you on that one because uh fuck yeah the hymn tour <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a rough life man <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah dude i uh yeah i feel for you on that one and and i'm glad you guys worked your way through that however long it takes to come back to now because i mean just fucking nailing it on all cylinders it's so inspiring to see and uh yeah, but you learn from it. I mean, you you've been yeah, through definitely. that. That's a part of your a part of your story. So, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm so stoked to see you guys in April. I think it's April, right? Yeah, April. Yeah, um, April third. I think is the first show. Can't wait, man. This will be awesome. It's yeah. been a long time coming, and uh, yeah, it's just awesome. You guys are back. You're back in your place, like where you feel comfortable and and uh, creative. And I'm stoked to hear some new music soon because uh if you guys have been sitting on it for years <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's ready to I've, i feel like it's ready to come out of the gate so we're that's kind of the next phase it's just that's got to be the next thing because mm-hmm. i mean we've toured the records we've done all that stuff it's like if we're gonna if we're gonna come back we need to come out swinging so um i'm excited to do new stuff and everybody else is excited and i don't know i think that's that's the thing that's pumping me up the most i mm-hmm. think is presenting the world with new finch songs because i know everybody wants to hear it shit i want to hear it yeah <laughs> so i'm included yeah. in that too man i want to hear yeah. that shit but awesome dude well man i've we've already we've hit our hour man i've i'm no, just really. so uh appreciative of you doing this man and and uh i love the fact that we kind of met through this show and 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 same with randy and and like it's so weird because they're so peripheral on finch with being friends with matt and uh and uh and those guys in ender where like or Endor like we were in the finch van you know riding with them because you guys had upgraded to a bus and i'm like <laughs> yeah. okay cool this is rad like this is so weird and then like watching them play <laughs> touring with them and playing soma and like uh it was so much fun, but it was always like, so everything was peripheral to you guys. And then 
you know, we got connected and, and, uh, um, it's awesome to have you as a friend and, and, uh, and I just love, love what you're doing, man. And I just really, uh, appreciate the time to do this and chat. Thanks, buddy. So yeah, of course we'll hang when you're in Portland. Yes, please come out. Absolutely. We'll, we'll hang in for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, thanks to your wonderful wife for connecting us together and, and, uh, continuing to, to, to hold down the fort with you. You guys have been <laughs> together for so long. It's so awesome. Yeah, but, thank uh, you. We just had our uh, our twelve year anniversary. Really, the other day. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. That's wonderful. What? <laughs> I'm guessing she got home. <laughs> yeah, she's here. <laughs> right on. Well, man, I'll let you get back to your uh, to your evening, dude. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate this a lot, and I'm stoked to see you and uh, all the good things to come. Thank you, man. Right on. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All righty. All right. See ya. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nate from Finch. What a good dude. I'm so glad to have met him through this show. Uh, Randy. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Like the, the, it's so weird being peripherally. It's hard time saying that word. I don't know why peripherally uh, next to Finch for a long time with Nate's brother, Matt and uh chad and all the guys in endor and touring with them riding in the finch van like it was but we never actually met each other and it was hilarious that it took starting a podcast to meet nate and uh, his wife ivy as well as randy r2k from finch uh we went to the deftone show together that was the first time actually meeting in person it's just so funny how things work out you know um just fate i guess i don't know if i believe in that but um you know, be patient and, and good things come. Um, yeah, it's just, a, I'm just rambling. I don't know. It, it's just weird to see where things come from and where things end up in your life, you know, being a music fan to then being a musician yourself and touring and having the opposite happen and then be on the other side of it again, when you get back into real life, it's just an interesting place to be. So speaking on identity and what is tied to your identity when you're so-and-so from so-and-so, instead of just your name, it can be really interesting when it ends and uh, where, where you go from there. I think Nate's in a good place. I think the band's in a great place. I've heard some of the new music. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, hopefully that comes out very soon. I'm stoked to see them on tour in April because I've not seen them in over 20 years. But uh, that being said, I will be there at that show. It's going to be awesome. So uh, definitely check out, uh, if you haven't for some reason haven't heard of Finch, check them out. Uh, check them out on this tour. Um, it's going to be incredible. They sound amazing. Uh, I've been watching all the clips and it's just like, it's crazy. It's like going back in time. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So thanks to Nate for coming back on and, uh, trusting me with doing this. I know he doesn't do any of these really at all. And, uh, I feel, I feel, uh, grateful that people trust me to do this with them. Um, and, uh, we'll see what comes next, but as always guys, we'll see you on the radio.
One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.